Oscar Combs here, and I want to put one rumor to rest, once and for all. The story is that Rafferty's goes all out for sports fans. And let me tell you, it's absolutely true. Confirmed. And fans love Rafferty's right back because the food is so terrific. Serve fresh, serve fast, serve friendly, lunch or dinner. Rafferty's menu is jam-packed with all your favorites. Steaks, prime rib, chicken, ribs, delicious dishes and generous sizes that really satisfy the appetite. So come hang with the sports crowd at Rafferty's. It's the tastiest place in town. If you're a Kentucky fan, then you know about the players that have gone on to the NBA. You know the names such as Wall, Davis, and Cousins. But you also know there's more than those three. As we head into NBA All-Star Weekend, Oscar decided to break the norm and get an update on the former Wildcats and the pros. In this latest episode of Conversations with Oscar Combs, we welcome a new voice to the podcast. You know her work covering the NBA at OscarCombs.com. So let's give a big Wildcat welcome to Amy Beth Combs as she gets us set for NBA All-Star Weekend and gets us up to date with the former Wildcats in the league as well as the developmental league. I'm Bo Robinson and I'll be back later to let you know where you can catch Amy online. This is Conversations with Oscar Combs and his guest, Amy Beth Combs. Amy, for NBA fans, this is a special time of the year. You're getting ready for the All-Star Game, but unlike yours back in the 70s and 80s, it's not just a All-Star Game. They have a lot of activities spread over two different networks. Uh, what do you like best going in this weekend? And tell us a little bit what, what to expect uh, for fans to watch. Well, probably the biggest event to watch for is the NBA All-Star Saturday Night Festivities. NBA All-Star Saturday Night is going to start Saturday, February the 18th at 8 o'clock p.m., televised on TNT. Uh, It's going to start off with the Taco Bell Skills Challenge, which is going to include four former University of Kentucky players. This year, they're going to repeat the format from last year with the Smalls and the Bigs, which the Smalls is going to be guards, and then the Bigs will probably be centers. So for the Smalls, we're going to have Devin Booker of the Phoenix Suns and John Wall, the Washington Wizards, participating. And for the Bigs, there will be DeMarcus Cousins of the Sacramento Kings and Anthony Davis from the New Orleans Pelicans. And last year, if you watched, you'll remember that at the end, the competition came down to Carl Anthony Towns, for the bigs and Isaiah Thomas for the smalls and the winner was Carl Anthony Towns that came down to the last three-pointer and he got mobbed by DeMarcus and Anthony and um, Draymond Green. <laughs> and we remember Draymond Green as being one of the finalists for player of the year in 2012 which was won by Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no former Kentucky players are going to be participating in the three-point contest or the slam dunk this year. You're going to miss that? I will. I think I'm going to miss Devin Booker not being in the three-point contest. He was one of the three finalists last year with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, which was a shocker, this new guy in the league coming in and making a run for it in the three-point contest. Uh, slam dunk, I don't know. They've, they've got a new guy that's only played, I think, 11 minutes from the Phoenix Suns that's going to be in there. Um, maybe he'll have Tyler Ulis or – um, 
Devin Booker, Brandon Knight, <laughs> Eric Bledsoe, one of his teammates might come out and, and give him some help, give him a lob or something. So so they have a teammate to come to help them do that then? They can, yeah. Uh, okay, on Friday, there's a lot of things happening too, even before that. Yeah, on Friday, we're going to have the NBA Rising Stars Challenge. Uh, they've had a couple of different formats for this game. Uh, in the past, they've had a draft on TNT with Team Chuck and Team Shaq where they've drafted players. Wait a minute, wait a minute now, wait a minute. Team Chuck and Team Shaq. Mm-hmm. That's got to be TV made. <laughs> Pretty much. They would have a draft on uh, on TNT, NBA on TNT, and they would have a draft, and they would each choose – a roster of players, it's it's usually first and second year players in the NBA, and they would draft players. And they, they probably would argue over who's the best when they were doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a big deal. They had that format for a while. Then they went to uh, rookies. I think one year they had rook- a team with all rookies and a team with all sophomores, so they played around with different formats. This year they're going to repeat the format. I think they had the same format last year with USA team and world team. So obviously USA team has all – I mean, American-born players, and then world team has all the international players. So for the USA team, the former Wildcats will see are Devin Booker from the Phoenix Suns and Carl Anthony Towns from the Minnesota Timberwolves. And then for the world team, there's going to be Trey Lyles from the Utah Jazz and Jamal Murray from the Denver Nuggets, and they are both from Canada. The practice for that will be on February 17th, 10.30 a.m., and that will be televised live on NBA TV. And then the actual game will be on February 17th that evening at 9 p.m. on TNT. And then on Saturday, we have the NBA D-League All-Star Game. Yes, this is something that I traditionally haven't watched because I don't think we've had any former Wildcats in it for a while that I've known about. But this year, we actually have two to watch for. We have Alex Poitras, who's been with the Fort Wayne Mad Ants for the Eastern Conference. And in the Western Conference, we have Dakari Johnson for the Oklahoma City Blue. Uh, Dakari's been there for a while, and he's made pretty good numbers, pretty good stats there for a while. So... Look forward to seeing him play. That will be on Saturday, February the 18th at 2.30 p.m. Broadcast live on NBA TV. And it's going to be sort of exciting for me to finally get to see Alex Portrick again. It seems like it's been ages since I've seen him play. And I really didn't even realize he was in the NBA D-League this year. I didn't either. Uh, he had been, I think, with the Indiana Pacers for a little bit. And then he was, uh, I think he was waived. From Indian from the Indiana Pacers, so uh, it's good to see that he's back playing somewhere in the United States. And of course, we get to the big game, the NBA All Star Game, and once again, it looks like Kentucky's well represented. Yes, in the Western Conference, in the NBA All Star Game, we're going to have Anthony Davis from the New Orleans Pelicans again as a starter. And we're going to have DeMarcus Cousins of the Sacramento Kings as a reserve. In the Eastern Conference, we're going to have John Wall of the Washington Wizards as a reserve. I had a little bit of problem with uh, DeMarcus Cousins being a reserve every time. I think he definitely deserved to be a starter this year. Um, This may be a controversial statement, but I think that maybe he deserved to be a starter a little more than Anthony Davis did. But the voting is uh, the fan vote, and then there's some sort of a Formula. some sort of a way that they included, like, media vote this time. And players. Mm-hmm, and players for the starters. So, uh, Anthony Davis 
got a starting got a starting bid there and then demarcus is going to be reserved at least he's in the all-star game which is great you know don't want to take that for granted but uh also john wall is a reserve in the east he's been in the conversation for mvp of the entire league and he's got stats where he's leading the league in a couple different categories and top four I mean, a couple different things, and so I kind of hope that John Wall would start again. I believe he may have been a starter last year, but uh, yeah, and, and there's there were some omissions that I thought were uh, – Carl Anthony Towns did not make the all-star team, and that was problematic for me because when you look at who's starting in the all-star game in the East, you have Giannis Antetokounmpo in the East starting – and then you have Carl Anthony Towns, who is very comparable. He actually has a few better stats than Giannis Antetokounmpo, and he didn't even make the All-Star team. And the reason is that the problem of being in the West instead of the East. It is the problem with the the West and the East are so lopsided. There are so many really strong, really popular players in the West, and that's been something that I've been hearing about since I started watching the NBA in 2010. Is that the East struggles to keep up with the West? in every category. Um, comparing Ted Kumpo to Carl Anthony Towns, Towns is seven feet, uh, and Ted Kumpo is six feet, 11 inches. Uh, Towns has 20 pounds on Ted Kumpo, so I think he's got a little more muscle. Uh, minutes per game, they're about the same at 35 and 36. Field goal percentage, 52% to 51, so Ted Kumpo hasn't beat on that. But uh, points points per game, they are even, 23 and 23. Is that one of the problems when you're a early-round draft pick, like top five or top six, you're always going to a bad team? The good news is you get to play a lot, but the bad news is it's difficult to make the playoffs. That's definitely true. If your team, if your general managers don't build around you when you're a young draft pick, you're going to have trouble. And the, the, For example – the New Orleans Pelicans and the Sacramento Kings, they, they've had trouble building around Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins. So that that can be a problem. I'm, I'm looking at the records here. The Timberwolves right now are number 13 in the West with a record of 19 and 33. And there's no way they're going to make top eight? I don't – not in the West. Because that's what you got to do to make the playoffs. Yeah, not in the West they're not. And Milwaukee right now is 22 and 29 – so the records are comparable, you know, to Milwaukee 22 and 29. So they've won, uh, they won three more games than Minnesota. Uh, let me remind the people, uh, the fans that are listening to this today, all these records and stats we're giving you today are stats and records as of the end of play on February the 7th. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the win loss records live here. So Milwaukee. Where Antenna Kupo plays in the Eastern Conference, they're 22 and 29. That's their win loss record. And the win loss record for Minnesota is 20 and 33. So they are very comparable as far as win loss records. But when you're in the West, you're just really up against it. You can only have so many bigs and so many smalls. And so in the, in the West, you've got guys like Mark Gasol. You've got DeMarcus Cousins, Anthony Davis. You've got all these guys stacked in front of you. And in the East, it's more wide open. So so you could you could actually finish maybe 10th or 11th in the West. But if you were in the Eastern Conference, you might make the playoffs. 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, even Cleveland has lost 15 games, but then you scroll down here to Golden State, and they've only lost eight. Let's talk a little bit about the Kentucky players that's in the All-Star game. Let's start out with DeMarcus. What do you remember about him from his days at Kentucky? I just remember him, the way that he played with John Wall and Eric Bledsoe. They were the big three. I remember him always doing goofy stuff and media availability. That The picture where he's got the big, goofy Eskimo hat and the big, thick-rimmed glasses on. Um, the call-me incident for uh, Mississippi, Mississippi State. State. Yeah, and he, he talked to the media and he said, I don't know what's going on. People are calling me, cussing me out, saying all kinds of stuff. Um, and then what did he do when he went back to Stark and played that game? Mm-hmm. Was doing the call me hands to everybody, to the to the fan section. Every time he'd do anything, he'd do the call me hands. Yeah, he was uh, he was something different. Some it, just his charisma and his personality was just so funny. I think he's what led you to the NBA. Mm-hmm, he is. I, I thought, I, I really want to follow this guy and see what he's going to do. I'm always a fan of the centers anyway. So uh, I thought, I'm going to follow this guy, see what he does. I really like John Wall and Eric Bledsoe as well. So they all got drafted in the 2010 NBA draft and been sort of following those three ever since. But the main one that I've been following is DeMarcus Cousins. And let, let's go back to a couple games he had. Uh, what do you remember about the famous first John Calipari, Kentucky, Louisville game. Uh, I remember how it was uh, rock'em, sock'em from the beginning. I remember ever, there was words exchanged in the tunnel before they even came out to play. Uh, Bledsoe got into it with a uh, Rachel, Rachel Delk, who was Tony Delk's cousin. Mm-hmm. And Tony, I think, was an assistant to UK on the bench that night. Mm-hmm. They got into it from the, from the opening tip. They were I, immediately into it. I think uh, Cal told... The, the uh, Delk kid is, you don't want to mess with Derek, Eric Bledsoe. Mm-hmm. I remember reading Cal's lips. He says he's, he's going to beat you up after the game. And <laughs> I remember thinking, oh, And there okay, were a few technicals <laughs> in, in that game, too. Yeah, there was assorted technicals, assorted. I remember Dan, they showed Daniel Wharton standing up and cheering, and they had to immediately pull Bledsoe out of the game. It was so heated. So Of course, Kentucky won. Mm-hmm. And then let's go to the SEC championship game. Against Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. I think the Marks were kind of a little excited and thought that they had actually won the game when they just tied it, though. Yeah, he had that tip at the end of regulation to send into overtime. There was the dog pile. I remember we were at that game, and the official review took forever, and everyone was asking each other, did it go, was it in time, was it in time? And so, uh, yeah, that was a, a huge moment for DeMarcus and for the program, and and John Wall had a big game that year at Rupp against North Carolina, his home state. Mm-hmm. That was a big deal. People from North Carolina wanting him to come home. I think they to... were holding up a poster that said, come home or something like mm-hmm. that. Thing about John Wall, though, he always had those big moves, always had the runouts, lobs, just everything going for him. He was the one that got a lot of the attention, but Eric Bledsoe, I think, is just as fast. He just doesn't get all the attention that John Wall got. Uh, and, of course, we got to talk a little bit about Anthony Davis and his big game. Well, there were several of them, but other than the tournament, I guess the big game was North Carolina. Mm-hmm. The block. <laughs> That's all you have to say. The block. The block that everyone remembers. And then, of course, the when they won the NCAA tournament, I think he had at least one block in that game that I can remember. All the pictures of him blocking – 
blocking on Kansas. How ironic was it that he won the NCAA title in New Orleans and then he's drafted number one in the draft right back at New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the All-Star game is in New Orleans again, I think this is the first time that Anthony is actually going to be playing in the All-Star game in New Orleans. Last time I believe he was injured. Yes, that's right. So now he's going to actually be able to play. Uh, he has told the media that he is going to go for the MVP. So we'll see. Of the game. For the game, for the All-Star game. So we'll, we'll see how he does. You know he's going to show out, do everything he can. What are you looking forward to most in the All-Star game this weekend? Uh, I think I'm looking forward to the All-Star Saturday night. I really like the skills challenge. That's always fun to watch and and see uh, <laughs> because they, they have to sort of do a, an obstacle course of sorts. They have to throw the ball through. They have to, they have to make a, a pass straight through a hoop, and that always trips somebody up, and they have to throw it over and over and over again. They have to weave through the cones, make a, make a three-pointer, make a free throw, all kinds of stuff. It's always fun to watch the bigs try and make that work. Um, a big won it last year, Carl Anthony Towns, so we'll see what happens. Um, I think Isaiah Thomas, he was the other finalist last year, and I think he's in it again this year. So we'll we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, I'm, I'm eager to watch uh, John Wall in the Skills Challenge. He's going to be super fast. Um, I would really enjoy it if it ended up being John Wall versus DeMarcus Cousins or John Wall versus Anthony Davis. I just think that would be a good competition because, you know, John and DeMarcus, they always go at it. You can't say All-Star Weekend or NBA without saying Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal. Do they add something to this when it's on TNT? Mm-hmm, they do. They have uh, they have live commentary. I think Shaq is one of the judges for the slam dunk competition. There's going to be no former UK players in that, but um, they'll be there giving commentary during that. I want to say that last year they gave commentary through all of the all of the events of Saturday Night Charles and uh, and Kenny and all the guys from the inside the NBA crew. So that'll be interesting to see if they do that again this year. I'm pretty sure they are. Um, and then there will be um, – I'm hoping there will be an episode of Inside the NBA after that with highlights and everything. But, yeah, um, it's a shame there's no former players in the three-point contest or in the slam dunk. But I think the, the skills challenge is going to be good. That'll be great. Well, Amy, we, we've got uh, the season more than halfway over. It used to be the all-star break was at the midway point. But this year – Several of the teams have already played 50-plus games of the 82-game schedule. And as of right now, there have been uh, there are 23 former U.K. players on NBA rosters. There's another seven on the D-League. So let's just go through the, the players uh, by an alphabetical order by teams uh, of the ones that has Kentucky players and give a little description of how they played up to now, maybe a couple stats and uh, – what we expect down the line. Let's, let's start out with uh, James Young with the Boston Celtics. James Young is is sort of a mystery. Uh, he has only played out of out of fifty some games in the season. He's only played fourteen games so far. Uh, I'm not aware of any stints in the D League for him, so he is there. But he picks up. Uh, did not play coaches' decisions <laughs> DNP CD. He picks those up uh, a lot. So in in 14 games, his points per game is 1.4, and he averages uh, 0.3 assists per game. He just doesn't get much playing time because that team is pretty stacked. Right now, the Boston Celtics are number two in the East 
So I, I think they're uh, playing their best players right now, trying to fight and uh, keep up there. They're right neck and neck with the Washington Wizards. So I think James Young is just so far down the down the bench that he's not getting much playing time. But we'll see. I mean, he could and he could end up coming in and doing something. Um, didn't watch last night's game yet with the Celtics and the and the Kings. Uh, Sacramento actually was able to come in and, and beat uh, the Boston Celtics without Demarcus Cousins. Haven't watched that yet, so I don't know if James Young got in the game. But uh, another guy did pretty good in that game in uh, for the Kings, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Willie Colley Stein. He did a, a very good job. We're going to go over him a little later. But, yeah, Willie Colley-Stein, if you haven't seen that dunk yet, you need to look that up, his monster dunk. So we go to Charlotte Hornets and a, a guy that all of Kentucky's loved since he set foot on the soil here in Kentucky back in 2009. And he uh, was great inspiration from a uh, made-for-TV documentary they did on him growing up, and that's Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Yeah, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, he's a regular starter for the Hornets. Uh, he had some injury problems that he's come back from strong this season. He's played in 51 games. Um, I think he started maybe all but one. I'm not sure. I may be getting my stats mixed up on that. But he's a regular starter for them. Uh, he averages 9.2 points per game and 7.4 rebounds. So he's a strong starter for them. He's known as a very strong defender, not as much as a scorer. So... He plays well with uh, Kemba Walker there in Charlotte. Uh, he brings them a lot. And, of course, we go to the Cleveland Cavaliers and a, a guy that no one dreamed would end up being there, but they brought him in as a defensive stopper, and he's played very well for him. And, and he, he's a kid that was sort of forgotten about a few years after 2010, uh, and he just – persevered, persevered, and he had an off-the-court incident once that he's overcome, and that's DeAndre Liggins. Yeah, DeAndre Liggins has been a little bit everywhere. He's been uh, in the D-League. I think he was a D-League All-Star twice, I think. I know he got uh, defensive player awards in the D-League. I know he spent a little bit of time overseas, but right now he's with the defending champion Cleveland Cavaliers which is sort of an un unlikely place that you would expect DeAndre Liggins to show up. But, hey, I mean, he's playing great. He's played in 41 games this season, uh, 2.8 points per game, 1.7 rebounds. But uh, he's an excellent defender. He was always a player that dove for loose balls and played defense super hard for John Calipari at Kentucky. So I think uh, I think LeBron James called him a diamond in the rough. That's that's pretty uh, that's pretty strong praise from LeBron James. So um, the trade deadline's coming up. I'm hoping that DeAndre Liggins can stick around there in Cleveland. You never know. DeAndre Liggins may be the first one to uh, to win a ring. Of Cal's, of Cal's pros. I don't think anybody else has, have they? Don't think so. So if he sticks around in Cleveland and they win the, they win the, uh, the title, he might be the first one with a ring out of Cal's, uh, Cal's former players from Kentucky. We go to the Denver Nuggets and Jamal Murray, who had a fabulous year at Kentucky last year. He's another kid from Canada. And he's playing very well, but he plays out west, and a lot of people don't see him play because Denver doesn't get on – TV that much, but uh, he's playing pretty good for a rookie. Yeah, he is. Right now, the Denver Nuggets are number eight in the West. 
Uh, it's it's pretty difficult to get the number eight in the West. So if you're the Denver Nuggets, you're pretty happy. Uh, Jamal Murray, he comes off the bench mostly. I think he's had two starts, but he's played in 51 games. Uh, 8.6 points per game, 1.8 assists. Uh, he had it kind of rough getting started in the NBA, but he's finally come around and he's doing a lot better. His three-point shot was pretty shaky in the beginning, but he's got it figured out now and he's doing well. Go to the Lakers and Gius Randle, who I think he set out his entire rookie year with an injury, and he's starting to come back, but the Lakers have struggled quite a bit themselves being 14th in the West. Yeah, well, the they're not in last place, which which is a, an improvement for the Lakers. Uh, the Lakers did really well at the beginning of the season, and they've sort of started to slump, which is disappointing. But they're a young team. They play really well together. They've got great chemistry, and they – I mean, they've stayed pretty positive from what I've seen. Uh, Randall's played 46 games this season, 12.8 points per game, 8.1 rebounds a game. And I, I'm pretty sure he's still a starter for them. So, uh, yeah, Randall's doing well. It, as you mentioned, he, he played in one game, I think, his his first season and then broke his leg. And he had to uh, heal up from that. But now he's back. He's full speed and, and doing well. The Memphis Grizzlies, Andrew Harrison. Andrew Harrison uh, for the Memphis Grizzlies, he <laughs> – I was thinking about uh, he was playing Peacemaker when there was a scrum. Tyler Eulis was Tell going, us about it. Tyler Eulis was going after uh, someone from the Memphis Grizzlies who was doing a little bit of trash talking after he hit a three on his teammate Devin Booker. So uh, the Wildcat Brotherhood was strong there. Eulis went after the guy, and Andrew Harrison was pushing everybody back and, you know, stay cool, stay cool. So uh, Andrew Harrison playing the Peacemaker out there. Uh, he's played 51 games for the Memphis Grizzlies, 6.4 points per game and 3.1 assists. So, uh, Andrew Harrison doing really well for Memphis. Uh, we're going to mention where his brother Aaron is a little bit later. And Minnesota Tamer Woods, you talked about him a little bit earlier. Carl Anthony Council is playing as well as anybody in the NBA. Yeah, right now he is, I believe this is number four. In NBA scoring right now, he's got uh, 52 games under his belt, 23.3 points per game, 11.9 rebounds. I really think he should have made the All-Star game, but the West is just so stacked. I mean, if he if he played in the East, it would be really tough to juggle him and Giannis Antetokounmpo. It would be tough to choose between the two of them. But Carl Anthony Towns, he's uh, – People have those arguments all the time. Who would you take, Carl Anthony Towns or Anthony Davis, if you were doing them together in a draft? It's sort of split down the middle. Carl um, Anthony Towns, though, he, he has a little bit of an edge on Anthony. Um, Anthony gets injured a lot. Uh, he's got strong numbers, of course, but Carl uh, stays a little healthier. So we'll see uh, after a couple more years how their stats compare. And we go to New Orleans Pelicans and Anthony Davis. I know you don't know anything about Anthony Davis. <laughs> I watch all the Pelicans games, so I know a little bit about Anthony Davis. Uh, 48 games played, uh, 27.9 points per game, 12.1 rebounds, 2.1 blocks. Um, he actually has been knocked down a peg in blocks <laughs> for the entire NBA. I believe um, 
Davis has got 2.4 blocks a game, and I believe um, Rudy Gobert for the Utah Jazz, I believe, is averaging 2.5. So there's a there's a, a, a point one difference in blocks between the two of them. But, yeah, Anthony Davis has uh, led the league in blocks for a while. Now he's been dethroned by Rudy Gobert. So we'll see how that goes. Glad that Anthony is going to get to play in the All-Star game this year for New Orleans. Uh, he's going to do great. He's had a lot of injuries, just nagging injuries that, that keep bugging him. You think mm-hmm. that's going to be a problem in his career? It seems like some people think that his body just is having a hard time withstanding the grind of 82 games. Well, one thing about Anthony is he plays really hard, and he doesn't know when to let when to let a ball going out of bounds just go. And that's that's a great thing on one hand, but on the other hand, he keeps falling on a shoulder, and that's been a chronic problem for him for a couple of years now. He he wears um, not a sling, but he wears a covering over that one shoulder. He wears KT tape. Uh, the other day, he he went chasing a ball that went out of bounds, fell on his shoulder on the seats in the front row. So, uh, if they can talk him out of <laughs> doing all these acrobatics, jumping over seats and everything, going after loose balls, uh, I think he'll he'll do a lot better. Um, but, I mean, when you're a center and you're going after blocks and rebounds and stuff, you're going to hit the floor. Uh, so, he's been having, I think, hip problems. He's had thigh contusions. He's had shoulder problems. Uh, he's had a lot of different things going on, but... As hard as he plays, and it, even if he does feel hurt, he hates to come out. So, probably the brightest spot with the Pelicans this year, other than him, has been a former member of the 2012 champions rejoining Anthony Davis in New Orleans, Terrence Jones. Terrence Jones was a surprise, I think, to New Orleans. I they uh, I think the last team he was with was Houston. And Houston didn't use him a whole lot. Uh, the Pelicans picked him up. He's played in 50 games, 11.3 points per game, and 5.9 rebounds. I think Terrence Jones just needed the right fit. He needed to feel comfortable. And Anthony Davis, those two have great chemistry together. They were great friends when they played at UK together. Um, I think this is a great fit for Terrence. This is this is sort of a smaller market. Um, I think Houston may have been a little big for him, maybe a little a little too much pressure. Um, but this is a great fit for him. He, he's with someone that he's known for a long time. Uh, they did win a championship together. Um, they know each other really well. So I, I was really happy when I saw that he was coming to New Orleans and he's really flourishing. We always talk about one and duns at Kentucky during the John Calipari era. But the next player we're going to talk about with the Oklahoma City Thunder is a guy who never got to even finish the one and done on the floor, and that's Enos Canner, who set out that one year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Enos has played uh, 47 games. He averaged 14.4 points per game, 6.7 rebounds. Uh, Ennis, we're not going to see him for a while because he had an incident during a game where he got frustrated when a call didn't go his way, and he slammed his fist down on a chair on the sideline, and he immediately started rubbing his forearm. 
and he knew something was wrong and he actually fractured a bone in his arm. So he is going to be out for a while for the Oklahoma City Thunder. He was having a great season, one of the top big men off the bench as a reserve in the whole NBA, and now he's sidelined. And Oklahoma City is trying really hard to keep their playoff hopes alive. Right now they're number seven in the West with a record of 30-23 and 23. last time I checked. They're trying really hard to stay in the playoff contention, and now they've lost Canner. So hopefully he can heal quickly, but this is February, and we're, you know, the not much left of the season. We're over halfway through, so we'll see how Oklahoma City can do without him. Oklahoma Magic and Jody Minks, who never got to play for Cal, played for Billy Clapp Gillespie and played for Tubby. Yeah, Jody Meeks uh, – it's kind of unfortunate. Uh, he didn't play very much this season. When, at the beginning of the season, he was healing up from a broken bone in his foot. He finally got healed up from that and came back, started to play, and then injured his thumb. So on January the 18th, he had surgery on, I think, some ligaments in his thumb. There's no return time set for him, but he did play 24 games, 8.9 points per game and 1.5 assists. Still hanging around the NBA. Uh, Hopefully he can get healed up and come back before the end of the season, but there's no timetable for a return, so we don't know. We go to the Philadelphia 76ers, and probably nobody's been in the news more this basketball season the Nerlens Noel and whether he will continue to be with the Sixers or be traded. And now there's talk that they may trade Okafor instead of Nerlens Noel. What's best for him and what's he done this year? Well, uh, Nerlens, I think he had an injury that he was healing from as well. Um, he hasn't played a lot this season, 24 games, 8.2 points per game, 4.8 rebounds. He's got talent. Uh, He plays well. He plays hard. The problem is he is behind Joel Embiid, who has absolutely wowed everyone in his first season in the NBA. People knew he was going to be good, but they didn't know how good, and he's wowed everyone. Um, He's behind him, and then you've got um, Jaleel Okafor as well. So those three, Nerlens Noel, Jaleel Okafor, and Joel Embiid, the Sixers have to choose. Um, I wouldn't think that they would keep all three anymore. And there have been trade rumors about Nerlens for a couple years now. So we'll see if they keep Nerlens. Um, there's been rumors about Julia Okafor going to New Orleans. Um, don't know if there's any truth to that or not. We'll see. I think the trade deadline may be February 20th. I'm not positive on that, but it's coming up soon. Right after, after the All-Star. All right after All-Star. So we'll we'll see what happens with New Orleans. He may end up somewhere new. Um, but wherever he ends up, he plays really hard. So Next we'll go to the Phoenix Suns, and we'll just talk about all four of these players at one time here. Uh, it's almost like UK West in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. They have four former University of Kentucky Wildcats. They've got Eric Bledsoe, Devin Booker, Brandon Knight, and Tyler Ulis. Um, Let's see here. So Eric Bledsoe, he's in their starting core. He's their best player, in my opinion. Um, 52 games for him, 21.3 points per game, 6.2 assists, 5.1 rebounds for him. Uh, he's really, really strong as far as pulling them together and being a floor general. Then we got Devin Booker, 
21.1 points per game, 3.2 assists, and 2.8 rebounds in 51 games. Superstar, starter. He can shoot the lights out. Um, He's had, I think he's had a couple of different game winners this season. He's great under pressure, and he's tough. And you got Brandon Knight. Not sure how much longer he's going to be with Phoenix. There's trade rumors on him as well, but he's played 49 games, 11.2 points per game, 2.4 assists, 2.3 rebounds average. So he's great as well. Tyler Eulis, he's a reserve coming off the bench. Um they, they use him uh, sort of on a limited basis, but he's played 32 games, 3.0 points per game, one averages 1.1 assists, uh, 0.7 rebounds. But he he's coming along. He's going to do well. He's tough. He's small, but he's tough. So uh, I always like to, to watch Tyler when he gets in the game. The downside to Phoenix is that they are in last place in the West with a 16-36 and 36 record. You can pretty much guarantee that they're not going to make the playoffs. I don't think they have a hope of that. But they do play hard, and they always have a good attitude about it. You know, they're not moping around about, oh, we're not going to make the playoffs. And we'll go to the Kings. And, again, this is your team, three Kentucky players, Willie Colley-Stein, DeMarcus Cousin, and Scalabissier. That's right. Let's see. Willie... He doesn't always play, but when he does, he always gets in there with he he dunks a lot. He tries for blocks. Super energetic. He's played forty five games. He averages five point two points per game, two point five rebounds. But you really want to look for him making awesome blocks. Uh, Demarcus Cousins accolades everywhere right now. He is tied for number four in NBA scoring with Anthony Davis. They average twenty seven point nine points per game. He is number three in the NBA in total points for this season with 1,425. He is number two among the NBA in highest scoring in the season um, in a game. So his game where he scored uh, 55 points was uh, number two. Number one was Clay Thompson with 60 points. So he's right up there with, uh, with a guy from the Golden State Warriors with top points in a game. So uh, DeMarcus is all over the place. Um, That's another reason why I thought that he should have been a starter in the All-Star game, but (laughs) that was not my choice. And then uh, Scala BCA, he has spent a lot of time in the D-League this season over in Reno, so he doesn't have a a whole lot of games under his belt in Sacramento. But he has played six games, 3.0 points per game, 2.0 rebounds. Uh, hasn't gotten a lot of play in the pros yet, but he's going to come along. He he still he looks about the same as he did when he was at Kentucky, so he needs to get bigger and stronger. But uh, he looks good when he does play. We go to Toronto Raptors, who is coached by a former Kentucky player, Dwayne Casey, and he has a guy by the name of Patrick Patterson who played one year under Cal and two years under Billy Clyde Gillespie, and he seems to be becoming known maybe as the new Chuck Hayes. He's just a workhorse, and he just hangs around. Mm-hmm. And he can shoot the three better than anyone really expects. Um, he's played 40 games, 7.2 points per game, 5.4 rebounds. I think we're going to see Toronto in the playoffs. I'm pretty sure. Let me look up their record here. 
Yeah, Toronto is number three in the East. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that, you know, barring any, any kind of catastrophic injury to a starter, I think we're going to see Toronto in the East. Um, they can make a run for things. Toronto's really good. They're a, they're a team that... Um, they're a team that I don't watch very much, to be honest, but they are really good. Um, they've got, I think, two players. Lowry. Lowry and DeRozan, and, yes. I think, are both in the all-star team in the East, I believe. So the, um, they're really good, number three in the East. That's a team that you may see Patterson deep into the playoffs. Utah Jazz and Trey Lyles, who's a young man just climbing the ropes, so to speak, got a lot of potential in the future. Uh, what's he done this year? He is out in the Utah Jazz. Um, he is behind Rudy Gobert. I think he comes off the bench to sub in for Rudy Gobert, who is having an outstanding year. Um, Trey Lyles, 52 games, 7.2 points per game, 3.8 rebounds. Uh, he's strong. He's strong off the bench. Um, Utah's doing a lot better this year than they did last year. Let me see their record. They're actually number four in the West, so a 33 and 19 record right now. I think they're definitely making the playoffs. So we might see Trey Lyles making a run for things deep in the playoffs as well. We end up with the current NBA players from Kentucky that we discuss. And of course, that's John Wall and Washington Wizards, who have really had a phenomenal home run this year as far as winning at home. He has. The Wizards, uh, they had a rough go in the beginning, but they've turned it around. They've had a, a run with home wins. Uh, John has played 49 games, 23.0 points per game, 10.4 assists. Right now, he leads the NBA in steals, 2.2 per game. Uh, let's see here. Wall's number two in the NBA in assists per game with 10.4. Uh, he has the second and third best games in assists in the NBA this season. He had a game where he had 19 assists and another game where he had 18. We haven't mentioned Rajon Rondo, but uh, Rondo has been a player who has been an assist leader in the past. I guess we can wrap up with Rondo. Uh, right now, Rondo is number three in the NBA in triple doubles among active players with 26. Uh, so, yeah, Rondo, we can circle back around and, and talk about him. He's with the Bulls for now. Uh, there's been a lot of drama there with uh, – I think he was benched for a while. He got into it with an assistant coach. Rondo just wants to do things his way, and that's one thing I admire about him. He's very intelligent, but things have to go a certain way and uh but when they do he plays really well he's played 43 games so far 6.4 points per game 6.6 assists is his average um i think one of the problems that he's got is that when he signed with chicago he thought he was going to be the man and then they acquired Dwayne Wade and that threw everything off didn't Dwayne Wade say at one point when he first arrived there that Rajon Rondo was the best point guard he'd ever played with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Something so, changed. Yeah, he, Rajon Rondo, he's got respect in the league. Um, I think it was Kobe that said that Rajon Rondo was an animal and that they had that in common. Um, 
I really like Rondo a lot. He had a great year in Sacramento last year. I thought that he and DeMarcus played really well together. They had great chemistry. I was hoping that, you know, by some miracle, Rondo might stay in Sacramento or that maybe DeMarcus and Rondo could go together somewhere else. I just really like them together. Um, But that didn't happen. That didn't pan out. So right now is in Chicago. I'm not sure about Chicago. They're number seven in the East. They've... um, as of when I wrote these records down, they were 26 and 26, so they're at 500. I mean, they could squeak in in the East at number seven or number eight. We'll have to wait and see. Um, they're they're a good team, but they they've got uh, they've got chemistry problems. So we'll see how that shakes out. Okay, so we've discussed all the former UK players that's currently in the NBA, but let's not forget the D League, and Kentucky has some former players there. They have. Uh, six or seven players there. Let's start out with Aaron Harrison, who plays for the Delaware 87ers, Mm -hmm. which is an affiliate of the 76ers. Right. He was with the Charlotte affiliate, the Greensboro Swarm. He was with them for quite a while. He was actually going back, back and forth. He would play a little bit for the Hornets, and then he would go back to the Greensboro Swarm, sort of go back and forth. And he was recently traded to the Delaware 87ers. So um, he's got 21 games, uh, 17.6 points per game average, and 3.0 assists. So uh, he's coming along as well. Hopefully he can get back in the NBA, um, sort of compete with his brother for stats. We'll see how that goes. And with a Fort Wayne Mad Ants, which is a – Pacers affiliate, we have Alex Porters. Yeah, Alex Porters, I actually did not know that he was in the D-League. I didn't know if maybe he was playing overseas or what, but I got to looking at all of the rosters, and there he was for Fort Wayne, so I was excited to see that. He's actually played 29 games this season. He's got 18.9 points per game, 7.4 rebounds, and 1.6 blocks. That's his average. Um so that's that's really great. I'm glad to see that Alex is still uh, is still playing well. He's also in the D League All Star game, so that'll be a great opportunity to see him on national television. One of my all time favorites, although he was not an All American or an All SEC player, but for the Detroit franchise's D League Grand Rapids Drive, we have Ramon Harris. Ramon Harris is another name that I did not expect to see. I was surprised by that. Um, For some reason, I thought that he was playing in China, but I was wrong about that. Uh, He's got 32 games this season, 7.1 points per game, and 3.9 rebounds as his average. I I was really glad to see him as well, that he's still still playing here in America. Um, Sort of semi-professionally, I I don't know if the listeners are familiar with what the NBA D-League is, but it's the NBA Development League. It's where um, teams can send players that are not experienced or that have maybe been injured. They can send them there to get valuable playing time, valuable practice time, if they're a player that would typically be on the bench and they don't need them right now but there are also some players who are in the d-league who have been there just playing for the d-league not necessarily on any kind of a contract or deal with an nba squad and they uh they do really well in the d-league they have great numbers and they can actually work their way up from the d-league to to a professional squad um 
they always have scouts there and they're always communicating with the team. So um, these D-League teams that are affiliates for them, you never know, you could end up seeing uh, Ramon Harris play for the Detroit Pistons. If something were to happen and they need somebody, they could call him up. Um, so, yeah, do you do you want to go next to uh, – Yeah, we'll go down to Archie Goodwin, uh, mm-hmm. who is with the Charlotte affiliate, the Greensboro Swarm. I don't know what the swarm is, bees or what. <laughs> Probably hornets, since they're the Charlotte affiliate. But uh, he's got 25 games, 16.9 points per game, and 5.1 rebounds average. Um, Archie was with the Phoenix Suns. He was the fifth player in the in the UK five that they had out there in Phoenix. Uh, then he got moved, picked up by New Orleans. Uh, he didn't stay there long. I was kind of disappointed that he didn't stay there in new orleans but now he's with greensboro he's doing really well that 16.9 points per game is a good average for him so uh hopefully he keeps doing well and of course with oklahoma city blue which is an oklahoma city uh franchise d-league team dakari johnson who it's just going to be a matter of time till he gets back to the NBA. That's right. He's he's been with the Oklahoma City Blue for a while now. I want to say Oklahoma City Thunder drafted Dakari, I think, or they may have just signed him after the draft. But he's he's been with Oklahoma City, I believe, his entire professional career. I think uh, this year he's got 33 games, 18.5 points per game, 8.2 rebounds, 1.5 blocks. He's the other UK player that we mentioned who's going to be in the D-League All-Star game, so that is great exposure for Dakari. You never know with with Cantor, with that injury to Cantor, and then uh, if they have any other injury problems or they just need somebody in a pinch, if Oklahoma City ends up um, going into the playoffs or if they just feel like they need another big, they could call on Dakari. I mean, you never know. These teams have the right to do that. So um, you may end up seeing him playing for the Thunder. The Houston uh, NBA D-League team, Rio Grande Valley Vipers, young guy by the name of Kyle Welser who played both at Kentucky and then at Gonzaga. Yeah, he's he's had some games where he's played with Houston. He sort of goes back and forth from Houston and Rio Grande. But right now, as far as I know, he's with Rio Grande. He's listed on their roster right now. Um, he's had 14 games with Rio Grande Valley Vipers, 19.9 points per game, 6.2 rebounds. I'm glad that he's there instead of instead of sort of on on the bench in Houston. Right now, Houston has two three-point sharpshooters that they picked up in the offseason, Eric Gordon and uh, Ryan Anderson, I believe. So Kyle Wilcher's three-point shooting is not as needed as it was before they picked them up. But he does sometimes appear for the Houston Rockets. So, like, if there's an injury or something and they need Kyle Wilcher to come up and play, they, they definitely call him up pretty frequently. The New York Knicks, what a team in the headlines the last week or so. Not <laughs> always for the good reasons. Uh, Westchester Knicks and Deron Lamb, a member of the championship team in 012 that maybe left Kentucky a year too early. But what's his future and what's he done in the D-League this year? Well, they picked him up this year. Um, he's got 27 games under his belt, 11.9 points per game, 3.1 rebounds, 1.4 assists. He's someone that I hadn't heard anything from in a while in the pros. Um, 
was he drafted by Orlando? I think so. I think he may have been drafted by Orlando. Um, I get him a little confused with a couple other players, but um, hope he keeps doing well for Westchester. Um, I haven't I haven't been able to watch it. Uh, one thing I do want to say is that the D League games are very easily accessed through the D League's website. I think it's nba.com slash D League. Um, their games, I believe, are all streamed through Facebook. You you may be able to also stream them on the D-League website if you don't have Facebook. Um, but the D-League games are pretty readily available online for streaming, I believe, live streaming and streaming after the fact, perhaps. I haven't tried that, but I have noticed that they do promote streaming pretty heavily. So if you want to see one of these former players that are in the D-League, um, Go on your computer, check that out, nba.com slash dleague. Um, we have a couple of accolades here. Um, as far as scoring leaders um, for these guys that we mentioned are on the scoring leaders list, uh, number 15 is Alex Porthris with 18.9. Number 17, Dakari Johnson with 18.5 average. Um, at number 21 is Aaron Harrison with 17.6. And number 23 is Archie Goodwin with 16.9. So those are uh, four former cats that are doing well in the D-League. Um, in- and one, one of those on there would actually be higher, but I don't think he played enough games to be qualified to be considered a league leader. Yeah, I think Kyle Wilcher with 19.9 points per game. Yeah, he's higher than any of these. But he only played 14 games. Mm-hmm. And it may be because he does go back and forth with Houston. He has done that quite a bit. So that may be why he's not listed in scoring leaders. Uh, but rebounds at number 12 is Dakari Johnson, and number 22 is Alex Poitras. And with block shots, Alex Poitras is number 9 in the D-League, and number 12 is Dakari Johnson. So Dakari and Alex, they show out in a lot of different statistics. So so that's all the more reason for them to be in the D-League All-Star game. So be sure you watch that. He's not a former Wildcat, but i got to let you talk a little bit about DeMarcus Cousins' brother who's in the D-League. Yeah, Jaleel Cousins. Uh, he plays for the Reno Bighorns right now. That's Sacramento Kings D-League affiliate. Um, he had a, he had a couple games that he played during the NBA Summer League. I don't believe he was drafted. I think he was trying to make a squad. Um, didn't hear much from him. He didn't have a super great showing, but he did play well, I thought. Uh, he's had 15 games for the Reno Bighorns, 3.2 points per game, and uh, 2.0 blocks average. So we'll see if uh, DeMarcus's cousin's Jaleel, or yeah, De- DeMarcus' cousin's brother Jaleel. Uh, we'll we'll see how he how he does for Reno. We'll see if he can make it onto an NBA squad in the future. Are you excited for All Star Weekend? I am excited for All Star Weekend. I'm also excited for the trade deadline to see if any of these players get moved around, uh, especially Brandon Knight and Nerlens Noel. We'll see if uh, anybody actually decides to to make a move as far as they're concerned. But yeah, um, All Star Weekend comes first. I'm Skills Challenge is what I'm looking forward to, and I'm probably going to watch that D League All Star game. Um, but yeah, everything sounds good as far as All Star Weekend. 
As far as the dunk contest, he's not a UK player, but I'm rooting for Aaron Gordon. I think he got robbed last year by, you know, a little bit of politics being played with Zach Levine, I think. So um, I'm rooting for Aaron Gordon for that. Thanks, Amy, for a great report on the UK players and NBA and the All-Star Weekend. If you enjoyed Amy's insights on the former Wildcats in the NBA, then you can catch more of her coverage online at oscarcombs.com. That's where you'll find this podcast as well as others. Follow Amy on Twitter at Amy Beth Combs NBA. If you find Amy, then you're not far from following Oscar on Twitter. He's at Wildcat News. All of the episodes of Conversations with Oscar Combs can be downloaded through iTunes or the Google Play Store. Search for at Wildcat News and subscribe. I'm Bo Robinson thanking you for listening to Conversations with Oscar Combs.